Welcome to the Race to Rugby World Cup pod with Ron and Adam from the side of the road somewhere on the planet. <laughs> Welcome yeah, we to are. the Race to Rugby World Cup pod. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a special episode. Uh, we're still based in Pretoria, South Africa. We actually just had a, a visit to the Japanese embassy. So we're holding thumbs for some good news this afternoon. Uh, they have our passports. They have all of our documentation. Thanks to uh, DHL and J- Japanese rugby for helping us um, with all of that uh, admin because it, it really is <laughs> quite a rigorous task. But, you know, uh, things are looking good for us to really kickstart Race Rugby World Cup 21. And what better way to let our fans and followers know um, what we're doing than taking them through uh, our route. Yeah, so it's certainly been a, a very interesting couple of weeks since we finished up in Vintook. Um, as regular listeners of the podcast will know, uh, we had big plans of leaving Vintook and flying to Tanzania for a couple of weeks to go and sit out a bizarre two-week loophole um, as a backdoor route to getting to Japan. We were relatively confident we could get an exemption on our visa application. Um, but at the time, it was quite frustrating because we got news that, that had fallen through. But I think we both came back to South Africa with the right attitude. We realized it was better to come back to South Africa and feel sorry for ourselves in Vintook, um, close to the embassies here, uh, close to our networks um, and discussions with, you know, where there's building websites and improving a lot of the stuff we talked about and our learnings from the, um, the, from the prologue. It's much easier to do it at home. Um, it's been quite pleasant. Catch up with family and friends, surprisingly. Um, I think we both had weddings and other things we've, were sort of unexpected surprises, um, but it's been very productive. Um, it's been almost four weeks now. Um, I've certainly fattened up and put all the weight I lost <laughs> from Cape Town um, to Vintook. Um, and as you mentioned, um, World Rugby have been absolutely incredible, working with Japan Rugby to bend over backwards. Um, the new visa regulations kick in from today, the 1st of March. Um, we got wind of that a couple of weeks ago. And ever since then, we've been working hard, as I say, with World Rugby, with Japan Rugby and DHL to help secure these elusive business visas. Um, We are now, as I say, hopefully a couple of hours away from getting clarity on where we stand. Um, We've already provisionally booked a departure flight on Ethiopian Airlines from Johannesburg to Tokyo on Saturday afternoon, which would get us into Tokyo on Sunday afternoon. Uh, We'd have a few days there putting our bikes together, which again, DHL very kindly shipping over there for us, as, f- as well as a few spare parts that we've ordered from different parts of the world. So a few days to sort our lives out, a few days to get our kit printed. Um, you know, we, we're very fortunate to have DHL come on board. Obviously, we've, we're fundraising for Child Fund uh, Rugby. We need to give credit to Rugby World Cup 2021. So practicalities of getting that stuff printed, um, you know, obviously engaging with uh, DHL, with Japan Rugby, planning our actual departure from Tokyo Stadium. Uh, very exciting. I know Amy from World Rugby has already sent the whistle from Dublin to Tokyo. Serious? For our collection. I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's all the balls are rolling in that, that department. Um, so, yeah, now I guess it comes to just sort of talking about our plans going forward. Yeah, uh, I think I, I, just, I just wanted to say, look, a lot of my friends, you know, they, they're aware that I'm doing this trip and – they always like, well, if you can't go there, why don't you just cycle to Cairo or whatever? And it's it's not um, that we wouldn't love to cycle from Cape Town to Cairo. Um, we really just want to reiterate that this is a rugby campaign. That you know, we rugby fans, we want to cycle from the last World Cup to the next World mm-hmm. Cup. So um, it was just an easy decision leaving Vintook and flying one border across to back home, and it is home mm-hmm. where things are a bit more comfortable. It's not. Um, you know, cycling up north to Angola or Zambia it could have been done and it yeah. would have been fun, but it just wasn't what the purpose of this trip. You know, we are 
yeah. race to Rugby World Cup. So <laughs> yeah, now Cape Town's Vintuk was always a warm up. It was always a prologue. We we're both Africans. We wanted to cycle on our own continent. Um, the race to Rugby World Cup, the whole campaign, the whole concept is cycling from one World Cup to the next. So we probably confused the issues <laughs> by yeah. having the prologue, uh, but nonetheless. The last World Cup was obviously in Japan in 2019. A wonderful success for the Springbok men's team. Um, so that's, and then hence our urgency and hence our desire to make sure we start this from Japan. It would have been easy for us to sort of throw the towel in and say, okay, well, we can, kick, we can get to Vietnam. That's the next country on the route. Let's just start there. Let's go to the Japanese embassy in Hanoi, get them to give us the whistle. And I guess technically they would be leaving from Japanese property, Japanese soil. Um, but for me, it's, and I know you as well, it's very important that we start at the stadium where James and I delivered the whistle in 2019 for that continuity. Um, and, and, you know, I guess as part of the legacy of the 2019 trip, it's nice that it's now led to us now cycling to the Women's World Cup taking place in New Zealand. The first time that we mentioned before in one of the other episodes, the first time that there's ever going to be a commemorative whistle for that opening game. So if nothing else, <laughs> from Race to Rugby World Cup, we've managed to get that right for the ladies. Yeah. Um, so we're very excited about that. So it's all looking good. Um, and I think at this stage, 12th or 13th of March, we will take our first few pedal strikes, pedal strikes from Tokyo Stadium. Awesome. And from there? From there, it's heading south. Um, so in 2019, we caught a ferry from Shanghai to Osaka. Um, and Osaka is the sort of the main port town of Japan where the ferries from China come. Um, and from Osaka, we spent five or six days cycling into Tokyo for the final stretch of that journey. Um, this, year, this time, this, this, this year, uh, we were looking at various options. China, unfortunately, has been closed off to the world for a long time and it's going to be closed off to the world for a long time to come, Hong Kong as well. So we wrote off China a while ago. And looking at alternatives, uh, South Korea has a, has a really strong rugby history. Um, I used to work at Hong Kong Rugby and have some quite good connections there. So I was really excited to go and include um, South Korea on this journey. And that would involve us cycling past Osaka and down to Fukuoka which is uh, one of the major cities, also is the major city right down in the south of Japan, yeah. on the north of the, of the southern island. So yeah, I, I just, I'd recommend maybe opening up uh, maps on your computer or if you have a map <laughs> whilst <laughs> listening to this podcast. Obviously, if you're driving, just imagine it. But <laughs> myself included, Ron's the genius behind mapping and, and logistics and, and route decision-making. So for me, every single time he starts naming <laughs> these cities, it's quite exciting. After you just sit up a little bit and just look where... Where that town is, so just to make sure we're not cycling too far. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, keep your, keeping checks and balances. Yeah, so. just have a have a uh, look on the map if you if you're able to. Yeah, so we'll cycle Tokyo to Osaka. It'll take us sort of six or seven days. Uh, for see a day or two off in Osaka. It's a lovely city, a big harbour town, and then from there we'll head down so the southern islands here down to Fukuoka. And Fukuoka is actually a ferry, you know, obviously there's an airport and a ferry terminal. Um, and that ferry terminal um, serves South Korea to a city called Busan. So our original plan would have been to catch a ferry across to Busan, cycle up to Seoul. And then from Seoul, we would have flown to Hanoi um, in Vietnam. Unfortunately, South Korea is not playing ball, so to speak, in terms of their quarantining uh, challenges and, and regulations at the moment. And it really is pretty much impossible to get into South Korea without having to undergo a seven to 10 day quarantine, which when you're only planning on being in the country for four or five days, this doesn't really make sense. So Japan is the most important country for us at the beginning of this journey. So we'll get to cycle about 1200 Ks from Tokyo down to Fukuoka. Um, from there, we'll board a flight. It'll actually go via Tokyo, but effectively we'll be flying to Hanoi, the capital of Viet Northern Vietnam or the capital of Vietnam. Um, and from us, 
um, that's where the journey by bicycle really starts proper. Uh, Vietnam is a very important country to us on this journey. As you said, it is the first country past China on the way south towards mm -hmm. New Zealand. Uh, but very importantly for us, it's it's one of the part of the heartland of child fund rugby. They've got programs around Hanoi and Hoa Bin. I have been to Hanoi. I've been a few times. That's actually where James and I met for the first time for 48 hours, six <laughs> months before we left on our last trip. That's where he was living. Um, child fund operate out of there. And on the previous trip, I keep referring back to it, but um, we cycled from Laos, um, from Fonsavan, where the program Child Fund Rugby operates their projects in the north of the country. We cycled across quite some hair-raising uh, monsoon weather conditions um, to Hua Bin, which is a little town um, just to the west of Hanoi, about 60, 70 kilometers, where we visited Child Fund Rugby and before cycling into Hanoi and visiting the, the the main child fund team there. Fantastic city, a lot of South Africans there. Mm -hmm. um, there's the Hanoi Dragons, which is a, a quite a well-known rugby team in the area. So we'll be looking them up and hopefully finding one of their players to interview on a podcast. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm quite excited. I've got a lot of uh, mates that left university after getting quite impressive degrees, decided to pack up shop and live in Hanoi and teach um, like kindergarten English, which They've loved. They've been there for five, five or six years now, and they've said this is our new home. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be great to catch up with them and and you know um, have a little bit of uh, home yeah. away yeah. from home. <laughs> no, Hanoi. I visited for the first time probably twenty years ago, and it really was a city of bicycles. Um, over the last twenty years, now become a city of scooters. <laughs> <laughs> but there'll still be a few bicycles around, and uh, we'll certainly feel at home on two wheels. Um, it's it's a mad, crazy city. Um, but quite quickly, as you get out of Hanoi and you get off the main roads, things quieten down um, towards the west of the country, towards the Lao border. It's really, very hilly. There's some tough riding there, no matter what time of year. Mm -hmm. It will be pretty hot now. Um, but from, from Hua Bin to Lao border, probably be three or four days. Mm -hmm. And we'll cycle into, into Lao. Um, we'll go to Fonsavan and to probably to Ventien. Uh, which is the capital, um, Lao rugby's based there. And again, a fact that a lot of people don't realize is that Lao is the only country in the world, L-A-O-S, for those of you that haven't heard of it. And um, and there's a good reason a lot of people haven't heard of the, of the country, sandwiched between Thailand, Cambodia, uh, Vietnam, China, and Myanmar in Southeast Asia. A very sparsely populated, underdeveloped country, but an amazing part of the world. Um, and it's the only country in the world where there's more females playing rugby than males. Um, and that all comes down to child fund rugby. And it's an incredible legacy um, of the program. So looking forward to visiting Lao. And I know, if, you know for us, um, it's so important to go and visit child fund rugby on this journey um, to record content. We want to put a little video, a little um, you know summary of our story with child fund on this journey. So that's two key areas for us. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think we must add, um, you know, it's, it's always changing, but there is that chance that we might not be able to cross land borders in this area during the time and we, we need to make contingency for that? Yeah, so I think pragmatism <laughs> is the name of the game and controlling what we can control. Um, technically, on the 1st of April, um, Laos has announced a phase two reopening, which includes two land borders between Laos and Thailand. Um, so, I'm, uh, Sorry, between Laos and Vietnam. So I really am hopeful that we can get in. But as with any part of the world, these things always change and uh, sometimes bureaucracy sort of lags um, official rules sometimes. Um, so if we can't get into Laos um, through Vietnam, we'll head south um, and head into Cambodia. And I do relatively optimistic. Cambodia is the most open country in the region at the moment from a COVID point of view. Um, Child Fund do operate down in Phnom Penh, the capital. Um, so we'll definitely at some stage go to Cambodia and maybe it will be straight off to Vietnam. So we may head down to uh, Cambodia and then sort of go head north again perhaps then try and get into Laos again yeah. um, and if circumstances don't allow then into Thailand 
Cool. Yeah, it, I think it's just it's it's important because you one fourteen day trip from Cape Town to Vintook had a whole lot of questions on why, <laughs> why we flying to Joburg and not yeah and not there. So if you ca- see us catching a flight or changing routes suddenly, you just got to understand that we have a set plan, but. Um, Ron actually always speaks about the best thing to do with these is plan day one and yeah. go from there. Yeah, exactly. And that's the, you know, that's the, or we, and again, we're looking, we all, I mean, we were looking forward to, and what, I mean, just out of interest, what is probably outside of visiting child fund, what are you looking forward to most but from those various countries from Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, Thailand? Like I said, with, with a lot of my mates that gone and lived in Cambodia and Vietnam specifically, um, I've seen a lot of Instagram stories and social media content of them just having, this really relaxed um, attitude to life, uh, you know. So I guess it's good. It's going to go back to the people, but it's it's the people in those specific countries. Like I want to know what has made my mates leave South Africa with you know degrees and aspirations of a corporate gig and made them stay there for five, six, seven years uh-huh. and just really embrace the culture and the simplicity of life and you know whether it's the religious aspect of it or the people and the you know the way people treat other people something i'm quite excited for um you know there there might be some bucket list items that you can get off the websites but i think that's the i want to see why yeah if if you know what i mean no no for sure and it's it's a part of the world that does catch people up and a lot of people go there for a year and end up spending many many years there so as you say i think it is you know everything from the the, generally the relaxed nature of people, the wonderful food. Um, it'll be hot when we're there, but you know, there's a, it's a lovely climate. It's got wonderful beaches. I mean, it, there's so much going on in this part of the world. And, uh, and again, surprisingly, quite an active rugby community through all these countries. So it'd be nice to connect with them That's while awesome. we're there. I mean, a big part of when I used to live in Thailand, living in Bangkok, I got involved in starting the Bangkok 10s maybe 15 years ago. Um, and for me, that's been a, you know, a, it was a very, at the time, it seemed a little bit, you know, I didn't realize the significance of it, but that is ultimately what took me back to South Africa and started the Cape Town 10. So I'm looking forward to sort of reliving some of those days yeah, there as well. Awesome. Anyway, from Thailand, uh, we'll then head south down the peninsula towards Malaysia. Um, it's actually a part of the country that I've actually never traveled down by, um, by vehicle, overland vehicle. I have done a train from Bangkok um, down to the islands before but uh, and flown down. But I'm looking forward to exploring um, that uh, down the Gulf of Thailand, down the, the east coast of that on the way to Malaysia. And from yeah, then we'll hit cross into Malaysia. And it looks like Malaysia's opening up as well. And the great thing is I've got some really good friends living in Kuala Lumpur. Um, and the one one guy, Rex, has actually got a group of people together already committed to wanting to ride the whole country with us. Um, and That's for those awesome. of you who listen to the podcast, you'll know that we're the whole sort of key fundraising mechanism for Child Fund Rugby is that we're going to be selling um, for every for $10 each, every one of the kilometers we ride. Um, so Rex and his mates have already committed to buying all the kilometers in Malaysia. That's awesome. Which is really, really cool. So I look forward to sharing some of the journey with them. Yeah, and I think it's also a good catalyst to show, you know, over the next part of our trip as we go over the next 18 months that – we have a, an inverted, a Forrest Gump attitude to this. Like, if you want to join, join. Like, yeah. we will never decline. Uh, the sad thing between you and I is everyone says they're joining, but, you know, we'll, see, we'll believe it when we see it. Um, and I think Rex, your mate, has really, he's really keen. And, yeah. and if we can show that people are actually joining yeah. and it's not the end of the world and it's amazing and your cycling's fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know we can convince uh, friends and family to take a day or two off from their busy schedules and join us somewhere in the world yeah and again we've spoken at length about why the bicycle why don't a motorbike and uh, you know hopefully people get an opportunity to come and share some of the joy that we get from cycling around the world on bikes 
Um, and again, it is COVID at the moment and, and travel isn't as easy as it used to be. But for people, even people living in those countries where crossing land borders isn't an issue and just traveling within a country is no problem. You know, hopefully people will join us and uh, come and share a little bit, of, share a few miles uh, with us. Um, and then from Malaysia, and I'm sure we'll take a day off and, and Kale and uh, Rex and Nathan and my other mates there will show us around, show us a good time. We'll then head to Singapore, uh, right at the bottom uh, of Malaysia, a wonderful city state. Um, and again, from my time living in the region, got a really, really good network of people living out there. I know you've got some friends out there as well. I've been to Singapore as a little yeah. nipper. I was more, more interested in eating... Um, call it first world um, <laughs> fast food you know meals because in south africa at the time we didn't have those sort of chains so it was <laughs> <laughs> the, the novelty of mcdonald's yeah, overrode exactly. the novelty of the, <laughs> the only michelin star street food restaurants in the world <laughs> so we'll go and explore that this yeah. time um, and i think you know the food is so good in this region i don't think we'll be tired of noodles by the time we get there um, and Singapore is yeah, it's just a, such a dynamic city. There's so much going on. The Singapore Sevens um, coming in April this year. Um, there's a really good, as a rugby community, and a lot of goodwill for child fund rugby there. So unfortunately, Hong Kong is not a possibility for fundraiser this year. But in terms of our events and fundraising events, Singapore will be our first key um, key stopover. Well, hopefully, late May is the plan, around the 28th, 29th, 30th of May. A really good friend of mine, Brendan Jones, has sort of put his hand up. One of my old friends from our Rhinos Rugby Club, which is a sort of a homeless or baseless <laughs> um, group of uh, expat rugby players from from Asia. Um, so a lot of them live in Singapore. So I think they'll get behind that, which is really looking forward to to a fun event there. Um, and while in Singapore, we haven't really spoken about any visas after Japan, but it'll be Indonesia is normally very easy to get into. Um, COVID times or otherwise. Um, but at the moment, well, not at the moment, but because we're going to be spending more than 30 days in Indonesia, uh, we'll have to um, get an extended visa in Singapore for a 60-day one. It's pretty straightforward, apparently. Um, so there'll be a bit of admin we'll do, do while we're there. Yep. And from Singapore, we'll jump on a ferry, probably the first of, well, we'll be the first of many. Um, and we'll, we'll catch a ferry across to, um, I always forget the name of the, uh, Sumatra, uh, Sumatara, I always get the name. Sumatara. Yeah, the, which is, which is the, the main island. Um, this is the biggest of, of Indonesian islands. So we'll catch a ferry there. It'll actually be two ferries and probably take about the best part of a full day. And then we'll start heading south um, towards Jakarta, the capital. And my goodness, have we got a treat in store for us. Cycling into Jakarta will make anything else we do on this journey feel easy after that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Jakarta with probably Mexico City um, for our race to World Cup 23 will probably be two highlights <laughs> from a traffic point of view. Yeah. Where, uh, and where did you, have you done it before? How do, no, I haven't. No, vlogs just, and vlogs. Well, I mean, having spent a bit of time in Jakarta yeah. in taxis and been stuck in traffic for hours and hours and hours, um, it's going to be interesting. No, I'm, yeah. I, but we well, won't skip it. We're going to go straight to the Straight guts. through, yeah. <laughs> I've never fun. really done any crazy, you know, like the, the B1 highway now is, in, into Vintuk was quite hardcore, but yeah. <laughs> I actually once uh, tried to cycle around the Arc de Triomphe during tra <laughs> uh, at, uh, decided not to. I just went on the side. I think I highly <laughs> unrecommended. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this, yeah, this that will probably be one of my most hectic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's. I mean, even I mean, Hanoi is pretty pretty wild. Um, you know, not quite the same scale size city. Bangkok will be pretty wild. But I think just the sheer chaos, I think Jakarta will probably take the nod on this leg of the journey. And then from th from there, things will quieten down quite significantly um, and it become certainly a lot um, easier from a traffic point of view. And then we head towards Bali. Um, now, Bali is obviously a very famous resort, holiday island for surfers and 
people of other laid back pursuits. Um, it's a wonderful place. I know you've spent some time there with some good memories mm-hmm. um, and you've got some mates there. Yeah, uh, we actually, <laughs> I went to school with a guy called Carl and he, him and his girlfriend decided to pack it up and move to Bali. They started an online uh, business making you know various web designs and websites and app um, designs and so on. And I got in touch with him and he's actually responsible for a lot of the behind the scenes work on our website that we're busy um, putting together before we get to Tokyo. Um, and yeah, so uh, the South Africans, they're living in Bali and they're actually, I guess, part of the Race to Rugby World Cup team. Yeah, 100% they are. Of course yeah. they are, 100%. It'll be very, very cool to spend some time with them. I haven't met them yet. And uh, yeah, in Bali, is, I think it's always a good excuse to take a few days off um, and rest the weary legs and spend some time in the ocean and, uh, yeah. and dare I say, enjoy a cold beer or two. <laughs> single fin <laughs> single, single fin there we go world <laughs> famous world famous um, and from Bali uh, we'll then catch a very short ferry across to Lombok um, and I've got some wonderful friends again through my Rhinos Rugby Club connections who've built a big development there um, I think I have picked up somewhere along the line that they promised to put us up for a few nights in their very fancy spot there which will be wonderful um, and then from Lombok we sort of carry on heading east um, island hopping to East Timor now, East Timor has uh, always been a target of ours because it is the most, the nearest country to Northern Australia. Um, it's a bizarre little, um, I guess, remnant or <laughs> product of history uh, right there on the on the east, eastern parts of, of Indonesia. Um, very underdeveloped. And Child Fund Rugby were actually operating there until COVID started. Now, unfortunately, because of COVID, the program there has been paused and put on ice. Um, but I think we'll still be good to go and visit it. Uh, it's a fascinating place. I've heard people, heard people that have traveled there says it's a tough place to travel. Um, it's very, very uh, rudimentary and basic, but it's on our journey yeah. and I think it'd be sad to sad to miss it out. No, I think, and, and it is um, accessible to Australia, which would be our next destination. Uh, just before we get there, as we do, and I'm just preempting questions if you wonder <laughs> if someone spots us on an airplane in Bali. Yeah. If we... Um, you know, with all of these delays and COVID regulations, you know, we we do have a set deadline, 8th of October in Auckland. And and that section there might be the one one or two spaces where we can save time. So if we see by the time we get to Bali, we need to try and find three or four days. Uh, we might yeah. fly from Bali because there's pretty much a flight from Bali into any city in Australia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just FYI. Yeah, so exactly. These are the kind of, decisions that we'll have to make on routes and you know again we all we're planning this and we've and the regulations are changing all the time in these COVID world so we hope we'll get to East Timor but um, yeah as I say if we if we have to miss it unfortunately that might be a country that is sacrificed. Um, the plan then is to head to Darwin and before we start cycling across the outback we're probably going to use Darwin as a hopover as a, as a layover actually to Fiji, Tonga and Samoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fiji, Tonga and Samoa obviously rich rich rugby histories wonderful rugby nations a huge part of the fabric of rugby worldwide um, everybody knows the Fijian sevens team world famous the you know famous the world over uh, but Tonga Samoa they've all been in and around the World Cup for, for many many years men's and women um, and it's very very important for us to go and include them on our journey 100% and we're really really looking forward to it Child Fund Rugby again operate in Fiji mm-hmm. 
There's also child fun cricket, believe it or not, in wow. Fiji as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, I see that launched re re very recently. So I'm looking forward to that. I've never been to any of the Pacific Island nations. Um, I have some really good Fijian friends from my time of playing rugby in Australia. I heard so much about it. And I think it's just a classic um, you know, Pacific Island nations. Um, we're going to be welcomed, I think, with open arms. Yeah, definitely. Fiji, Those all those islands are really open to having people come and visit. Yeah. Um, everyone kind of more so on the, the western side of australia always find that it's too far to yeah. to get to and yeah. i think you know if you're going to make your journey to australia uh, a relatively shortish flight to yeah. one of the islands is yeah. something you should do but talk about like <laughs> they are very small like uh, the, the, you know the tonga island if, if you're on the internet looking on maps you know you have to just really zoom in to yeah. find it it's we, you know, we, we obviously want to cycle there. Yeah. What's the sort of distances? We <laughs> well, I think we'll be max. You know, I mean, I think in, it's going to be, you know, a couple of hundred Ks between all three islands, really, you know, like, um, and that's trying to make, that's like literally covering every corner of, of the island. So, well, it'll be, it adds a level of complexity, you know, flying with your bicycle, particularly on smaller planes is not, not always that easy, but, you know, we'll fly to Fiji and we'll make sure we take our time there. You know, we'll take a two or three or four days to really tour the island, really go and, I want to go and meet these sort of these these teams that are play, just playing touch on all the beaches, yep. the various clubs there, um, the women and the men involved in, in the game of, of rugby in Fiji. I want to go and drink some kava, which is the sort of um, the local root derived, looks like dirty dishwater. It does give you a little bit of a buzz and numbs your tongue. So that's what a lot of the Fijians will, will definitely be drinking a bit of kava there. Um, and Tonga and Samoa, again, countries I've never been to or never been close to, but always mm -hmm. been on my wish list. So I'm sure we'll be spending a bit of time on the beaches, yeah. uh, a bit of time maybe even getting roped into the odd game of touch. touch Visit rugby. their headquarters. There was the one article a few years back <laughs> where France lost to Fiji, in a, whether it was sevens or fifteens, I can't remember, but the article opened up with a cover photo of the Fijian um, base of you know like their headquarters as the high performance the, center their high performance rugby union whatever and uh then they had the french one which was this state of the art you know and hence their great results currently but and they're yeah. like just comparing the two budgets but the results were <laughs> the opposite and it was yeah i want to go and see how how because they, they definitely not laid back fiji wins yeah. olympic medals and sevens tournaments around the world yeah. Um, and all three islands make the World Cup every year, yeah. and they they perform there. It's not like uh, you know whitewash results each time. Like yeah. they, they they are potential knockouts and so on. So yeah, but I think their their training program, particularly their sevens team, is is legendary, and the work they do in the sand dunes. Uh, I think that's it would probably you know make the sort of SEAL team guys squirm a little bit. So they're really on a re renowned for their hard work ethic, um, and they're particularly that seven team to be on top of that. I mean, and when you watch, I mean, I remember watching uh, Fiji play Wales. I think it was in the 2019 World Cup, and the hits that they put in. I mean, you got these massive wingers who are just smashing guys for 18 minutes, and the way they get around the field is just it's remarkable. So I think that's uh, you know they've got the natural skills, and with the hard work, um, you know they sort of sort of telling the rest of the world you don't need all the fancy gear eh? yeah no it's very cool so anyway we'll spend some time in Fiji Tonga Samoa we'll then make our way back to Darwin and then a stretch that I'm really looking forward to um, I've spent a bit of time on the east coast of the country I've been to Perth a few times but I've never really experienced the, the middle of Australia the renowned outback and my goodness have we set ourselves a target 4,000 kilometers from Darwin to Sydney the first 3,980 of those will effectively be in the desert. <laughs> um, and I think it's the one good thing, though, is that we're going to be there in August, yeah. uh, which is winter, fortunately, down in the Southern Hemisphere. 
So we won't have the sort of the kind of temperatures that we had in, in Cape Town to Vintook for our prologue. Um, the evenings will get a bit cold, but I really think we have timed it well. And I'm really excited. I mean, I, I'm excited for the nothingness of it. I'm excited yeah. for, um, it'll bring back memories of, of Namibia for sure. Um, and little towns that we come across and petrol stations and interesting characters and, you know, one horse towns with, yeah. with a, as long as you can find a cold beer. And we'll find some interesting characters. It was a no-brainer when we were deciding, you know, you could go the coastal route, you could go from Darwin along the coast via Brisbane and into Sydney. Um, and I think we are both, well, Ron's been to Brisbane, but I was like, I can go to Brisbane one day with my family or uh, on a holiday. Yeah. I don't think I'll take a big flight from South Africa or wherever I'm living in the world to go and visit somewhere in the outback. So this is a perfect time to go and do something crazy like this. And to really experience it. I mean, we're going to be spending four or five weeks averaging 130 kilometers a day from Darwin to Sydney. It's a massive, massive haul. Australia is a huge country with very few people in the middle of the country. Um, we have to watch out for the, the notorious road trains, uh, which have caught um, animal, caught beef and, and various things crisscrossing the country. Uh, but yeah, I was really, really looking forward to it. Um, and then Sydney, we talked about a fixed date in for the World Cup kickoff, but we've now committed to Child Fund. Uh, for a date in the middle of September, around the 8th or the 9th of September, for our key fundraising event. Um, and again, both of you, we've been, you know, both of us have been collecting names of people. Whenever we think about a country, we think about someone jumps to mind, we, we jot their name down. And for both of us, Sydney is one of those, or Australia is one of those countries with a long list of people that we've got connections to. It is the home of Child Fund, um, the mother or the mother organization for Child Fund Rugby, so to speak. They've got a wonderful network of supporters there. Uh, we've got a wonderful network of, of friends and, and people that want to support us. So the nice thing for us as well is that Child Fund are going to have volunteered to basically run the whole event as a Child Fund event. So we'll just basically have to arrive, uh, maybe spruce up a bit, borrow a jacket and tie, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and go and enjoy a nice night, night out in Sydney and hopefully raise a significant amount of money towards our $200,000 target there. Yeah, no, that's going to be a lot of fun. I've got yeah, good mates in Sydney and family and friends that I'd love, love to see. Um, and yeah, I think Sydney is a big, also outside of it being a child fund, it's a big rugby city. Um, you know, Australia is a massive country and it's, it's rich, it's you know, rich in rugby culture and, and it's, it, 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 they have their divides. Everyone's like yeah. cricket's number one sport. And then they've got, um, in, uh, Aussie, Aussie rules, <laughs> Aussie um, and they've got league versus union, but at the end of the day, they show up every World Cup. They show up all the yeah. end of year tests, um, and yeah, I'd yeah. Obviously, a couple of World Cup, you know, trophies in their cabinet, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to. Um, oh, there we go. So we're actually here. We haven't even mentioned we're actually here at, at, at Cass House, our base camp manager house, on their penthouse here in Pretoria. So that's their dog, Charlie. <laughs> Jack. Jack. Sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Charlie Jack. Um, so yeah, we're really looking forward to 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 uh, yeah to visiting Australia. I want to try and um, you know face stalk or whatever it's called some of my old rugby mates uh, from the time I played in Brisbane I'm sure some of them are living in Sydney now Andy, Facebook stalk Facebook stalk's the word Facebook. I think I was trying to work out what, <laughs> do you have photos of them or something <laughs> one or two black and white photos yeah, it was that yeah, long yeah. ago um, Andy Marinos um, South African is now the CEO of Australian Rugby so I'm sure we'll be knocking on his door um, possibly interviewing him for this podcast um, and just calling on the sort of whole Australian rugby community and rugby loving community to come out and support that event and I'm also 
pretty sure that we'll end up organizing a ride. So we'll come through the Blue Mountains, which are just west of Sydney. So as I mentioned, oh, the first 3,900 Ks will be pretty much flat desert. Um, we'll then climb over the Blue Mountains. So we both actually got reg uh, sorry cycling connections in Sydney. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure we'll be um, calling on Nick's and, and your friend to sort of come together with a bit of a route and possibly do a fundraising ride for the last day or two into Sydney and maybe over the Harbour Bridge, which will be sort of a cool. pretty iconic way of, of finishing that stretch. Um, and then after a nice long weekend, probably four or five days of Sydney, if we get there early enough, we'll then head to Invercargill, uh, the southernmost point um, on the mainland of South, the South Island of New Zealand. Uh, Stewart Island has been thrown around, bandied about as a potential starting point for our ride. I think there are ferries between the two. Um, so perhaps just to sort of include the most southern part of, 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 us, of New Zealand, we'll, we'll start at Stewart Island. Uh, well, there's Campbell Island on here, so if people are getting... Integrity. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let's go accessible by ferry. Yeah, that is no, the asterisk. <laughs> no, and then um, from Invercargill, we'll make our way up the yeah the middle of the South Island. Um, I've spent a little bit of time in New Zealand, and if there's anywhere more beautiful in the world than the Southern Alps, um, it's going to be hard to hard to nail down. It, in good weather, the Southern Alps is just incredible. Um, so we'll be cycling up up the South Island. Got some really good friends in Christchurch, for example. Um, and I've got a lot of promises of Kiwi mates and South African mates living in New Zealand that they'll come and ride with us. They said, if you guys spend one cent on accommodation, um, they'll consider it a failure. <laughs> so I really look forward to- Just get me their passport numbers so I can hold them to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly right. Yeah, so we'll, and in New Zealand, I mean, along with a country like Wales, along like a, with a country like Fiji, I mean, it is the national sport. Um, and if ever there's a country obsessed with rugby, it is New Zealand. And I think the people and the characters that we'll meet from south to north, people involved in all aspects of the game, from community and school level, up until the highest, you know, the All Blacks and the legend All Blacks. Um, and just, yeah, it really does feel like the heartbeat of world rugby. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to exploring it on a bicycle. Yeah, I'm also very excited. Um, it's been um, kind of... <laughs> in my own tongue but it's always seemed like a place too far for me to visit yeah. so i'm really excited to get there um same thing a lot of south africans make their way to new zealand they have a really good relationship where you can do these like one year work visa programs yeah. so i have a few mates that made their way to new zealand after studies to go and do anything really and um they loved it and yeah. you know i can't wait to check I'm actually, it out. I, and I, I, if I say goosebumps one more, once more <laughs> on any of these podcasts, I'm going to actually uh, reprimand myself. But I'm actually getting goosebumps just thinking, and to get to cycle um, no, the yeah. whole country. Yeah. It's just what a way to explore the country. Um, and I really hope we, yeah, we just make make sure that we do take a chance to smell the roses because it's, it's fantastically beautiful. So we'll make our way up to Picton, which is the, the harbour town on the north of the South Island, catch the ferry across the Cook Straits to Wellington. Um, and I'm sure we'll end up having a day or two off in Wellington, um, the capital city of New Zealand. And um, yeah, a, a really good network of people living there. And from Wellington, we'll make our way actually past Auckland. Now, this is a bit controversial because Auckland sits on a very narrow part of the North Island. And, um, you know, to get north of that, you really have to go through it. But I want to make sure we sort of do take a little bit of a detour because we want to go and visit Whangarei. Uh, which is about 180 kilometers north of Auckland. I've never been north of Auckland, so really looking forward to that stretch into Northland, um, which is the state or the province north of Auckland. Um, and Whangarei is the second key city that is hosting the Rugby World Cup 2021. And it's really important for World Rugby, the World Cup Organizing Committee, and ourselves that we include Whangarei on our, on our, on our route. Um, and I'm looking forward to visiting them a day or two before the, the kickoff of the World Cup. 
And I think we've been chatting to Child Fund, and for us it's a goal to try and organize a ride between the two major centers hosting the World Cup. Mm -hmm. so, so from Fungaray, leaving nice and early on a Friday morning, maybe do 100, 120 Ks south towards Auckland, find a nice venue to with a nice pub. We can share some stories with, with the riders joining us. And from there on Saturday morning, you and I will lead a peloton down to Auckland for a lunchtime kickoff of the opening of the World Cup 2021. South Africa, France, the opening game. You and I have obviously, as we've spoken about before, being tossed with the, the well, being given the, the honor of delivering the whistle. Yeah, it truly is an honor. It's extremely exciting. It's amazing. It's I actually think, crazy. You know, once, once they release who the referee is, you need to start Facebook stalking them and then <laughs> making sure that we get a, a podcast or a chat with them before giving the whistle over and just like really understand what a you know what a privilege it is to ref an opening game at any world cup yeah. uh, and you know this is the first time the whistle is going to be delivered um, at a women's world cup so <laughs> yeah. i'm really delighted it's, it's really cool that if nothing else you know we're obviously going to go and raise as much money as we can for child fund we really really do want to raise two hundred thousand dollars but at the same time just the fact that through this race to world cup initiative we've actually introduced the idea of of a whistle for the opening game, of a commemorative whistle. Um, the men have been doing it for a few years, so it's nice that we brought that brought that to the table. Um, and I know that Alison Hughes, who's the tournament director for New Zealand 2021, is very excited about that. Um, so that would bring to a close a 20,000-ish kilometer, mm -hmm. 14 countries, if all goes according to plan, um, trip from Tokyo Stadium to Auckland Stadium, Eden Park to be exact. It'll journey that'll take us almost 200, or just over 200 days, if we leave on the 10th or the 12th or 13th of March. And I can tell you what, just reliving this and every time we talk about it and sitting here looking at the map, my goodness, my friend, we have got an adventure ahead of us. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's, uh, it's a life-changing trip. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully not only just for ourselves, as we go along, you know, we can share our story and, and somewhat motivate if yeah. we want to do that. Yeah. Other people about like the spirit of adventure and, you know, the ability to just take that first step and do something do something a bit out of the ordinary it doesn't have to be over uh, 20,000 kilometers it yeah. can be a weekend it yeah. can be half a day it can be just your morning routine change up but yeah um, yeah life changing for us hopefully life changing for others and cannot wait to share the journey with you yeah and it's just crazy again just looking at this map and just realizing that is there is a significant you know history and a significant presence of rugby in all these countries it really is crazy that from japan to cambodia to jakarta to australia to fiji to new zealand everywhere along the way we'll be engaging with rugby people um, and various rugby communities that i think will surprise um, a lot of people so that for me is again one of the highlights of this journey we're really looking forward to reaching out to rugby people again for this podcast series so if you have any recommendations of people involved in the game of rugby in any of these countries please do reach out to us via our various channels um, we are just hopefully hopefully days away from actually getting on that plane getting to japan and starting the race to rugby world cup 2021 yeah thanks for listening um if you like this podcast share it tell everyone about it if you don't just DM us, us. <laughs> yeah, just quietly, and we'll fix it. Um, we are learning. We're getting a little bit better. Uh, we, we awkwardly have to re-listen to our own shows and um, cringe every once in a while, so we know which parts are cringy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we can't wait to really kick it off um, from Japan as well, and we've got some really exciting guests coming up. Um, and, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, can I just add one thing on that note? So I think maybe let's just let's just be open about it. I mean, some of the comments that we've had so far have been that uh, we use a few too many South Africanisms. Yes. So, for example, with the episode we recorded in Vintuk, we were we were referencing quite often a wimpy. And for people that live outside of or don't live out don't live in South Africa, people might be what the what in the world is a wimpy? And a wimpy is effect, effectively like a. It's almost a McDonald's, I guess, of yeah. South Africa. It's just a roadside diner. Roadside diner that's just ubiquitous with road trips in South Africa. Um, we often, yeah, sometimes use South African slang. Mm-hmm. So we're really going to try and improve that. And obviously, the always the criticism of anybody talking or doing something like this for the first time is we are going to try and cut out all the ums. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so um, on that note, <laughs> until next week, thank you very much. Ciao. <laughs>